It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 60 rookies and first-year players took to the practice field for Washington's rookie minicamp, and I picked three that caught my attention the most, that and more on today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome to Commanders fans of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders. Please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes as they become available. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there, here, or on Twitter at dharrison82 or text me anytime at 202-760-2644. And now you can find Locked On Commanders on the SiriusXM app. Thanks for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or view today and every day. And a special thank you to all the everydayers out there starting a new week here on the show. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Worst case, best case, and most likely commander's regular season record projections coming up. But first, we've got to talk about practice because 60 rookies and first-year players got their first taste of NFL coaching experience this season, and I was there to take it in and identify for you three players that stood out from the rest to me. The first one, first-round draft pick, Emmanuel Forbes. And, of course, that's always good news. You want your first-round draft pick standing out amongst a crowd of rookies, right? And Emmanuel Forbes... Certainly did that. But first and foremost, honestly, he stood out on the practice field because of something he really didn't even have any, I guess, control over. And that was the fact that when practice began and we finally got to the team drills, seven on sevens, 11 on 11s and and all of those things, Emmanuel Forbes lined up in the slot. And that is something that he did not do a lot of at Mississippi State when he was a defensive back for the Bulldogs record setting college record holder for career pick sixes in college football. Uh, playing as a perimeter defender. I think PFF uh, has 21 career slot snaps for Emmanuel Forbes uh, on their stat tracking. So not a lot of slot experience for Emmanuel Forbes coming into his NFL career. And if you go back to draft night, right, that's really kind of where a lot of this, I want to say surprise came from that Emmanuel Forbes was the pick over a guy like Christian Gonzalez, because when we Talked about the team needs. You look at Benjamin St. Juice, Kendall Fuller, and I know Kendall Fuller had a kind of up and down season, but I think he finished stronger than he started. Benjamin St. Juice certainly looked very good on the outside, had a little bit of issue uh, with health that, of course, you hope his body can uh, heal from and, and kind of maintain a little bit better. But really, when you looked at the secondary, especially the cornerbacks, you looked at it and said they need a slot guy. They need a guy to play inside. And certainly the option of drafting a perimeter guy and shifting one of those two corners uh, inside or even a safety down into the box when the time came was always there, but it was always kind of ideal idealized that the, the commanders would target uh, a slot guy. That's why Joey Porter Jr. was a prospect that really didn't kind of fit uh, the projection there from that standpoint. But a guy like Devin Witherspoon, who played a lot of sl- uh, slot snaps uh, in his career, really made sense. And then Christian Gonzalez played more 
than, say, Emmanuel Forbes. And that's why Deontay Banks, the cornerback out of Maryland, his name uh, became very popular leading up to the actual NFL draft weekend because he had a lot of slot experience. So when the team went Emmanuel Forbes, it was just kind of a head scratch. It was like, okay, it's the right position corner that we all kind of had uh, on, on the top of the list, but not a lot of slot experience. So we saw him in the slot, and look, uh, to his credit, came away with an INT. First practice of his NFL career, he got his first interception of his NFL career, and it was kind of the type of interception that you would really almost expect him to get. Drop back in coverage, read the quarterback, read the formation, read the play of the route, jumped on it, and, I mean, just made a really clean uh, interception break on the ball. Certainly not the only interception of the practice, but but definitely one of the better ones. And it's good to see your first-round draft pick if you're the Washington Commanders make it a play like that in practice, especially in a position that uh, you know, we haven't really seen him play uh, a lot. And overall, the mechanic, you know, mechanics-wise, looked a little choppy playing in the slot, a little flat-footed at times, kind of let receivers get on top of him. But I'll tell you what, he never let the receiver get away from him. So, I mean, uh, again, we kind of talk about like size with some guys. We talk about you know uh, how, how thin Emmanuel Forbes is and, and the, the really the overall prognosis is it's only a problem if it's a problem. So even though Emmanuel Forbes certainly didn't look 100% comfortable in the slot there during that practice, and that makes sense because he hasn't done it a lot, uh, he was there with his guy when he needed to be and when the defense needed him to be. So at the end of the day, didn't really present a problem. Now, again, these are other rookies. These are UDFAs. These are first-year players uh, and guys. And just to be clear, there are some players that have participated, uh, like Aaron Montero, who you've heard of him before because he's been kind of on the roster, right? But if you don't have a year or more of NFL uh, uh, credited service, then you're allowed to participate in this camp. That's why. So, like, uh, you know, uh, David Bada, for example, uh, was out there and certainly a guy that doesn't have. Uh, a full year of, of NFL play. The second player that really stood out during the rookie minicamp was defensive end KJ Henry, the fifth round draft pick out of Clemson. Most of the time that I watched one of his reps, he was lined up at the left end position, hand on the ground. Uh, not a lot of standing up that I observed. Again, can't watch every single player, every single rep. So only going off of what I was able to see. And I'll tell you too, talk to him after the practice. And I really kind of wanted seeing him from the sideline. I was like, man, he looks bigger than I really expect him to be from looking at his tape and looking at his measurements. So I was like, I want to definitely make sure I talk to him after practice to kind of get that close up uh, kind of gauge on on really just how big he is. And that dude is that dude is big. So, I mean, you, you read you read the measurements and everything. And, and if you think he's a little bit undersized, uh, he, he still might be. But he's definitely uh, big and he, he, he plays bigger than than he certainly uh, measures out to be uh, quickness full on full display. That's kind of his trademark from as a player standpoint, obviously, the maturity, the leadership, all of that stuff, football IQ uh, as a big part of it. But that speed off the line. And that speed move to try to penetrate gaps, C gaps, B gaps, and and that's really what he was doing. He was hitting that B gap uh, all day, you know, during during the practice, two hour long practice. So there was a lot of opportunities uh, to see these guys, and that quickness was big. And I asked him after the practice if he if he told some of those tackles that he went up against that they were holding him and that you know they would get penalized for those things. And he said absolutely. You know, he has to kind of tell them, hey, you know, you might have stopped me, but you only stopped me because you cheated. Uh, and he was certainly giving those guys some work. So it's going to be really interesting to see him. Uh, in the upcoming OTAs, uh, the first time, you know, we could see him against an NFL lineman, you know, with with NFL experience uh, and all those things. And that's kind of the, the, the thing to kind of remember with all these things. Right. These are uh, these are these are non-contact drills. So, I mean, you know, these offensive linemen are kind of at a at a at a disadvantage anyway. But really what was impressive is that line or that speed off the line of scrimmage. That's something that doesn't matter who you're lined up against. If you have that speed off the line of scrimmage at the snap of the ball, you're going to be very effective. Uh, really adept at getting his hands up as well. Something that I pointed out in our film study 
uh, with KJ Henry and something I wanted to look for during the first practice, and he was still doing it, getting his hands up. If you can't get to the quarterback, if you get stonewalled, something like that, try to get your hands up in the passing lane and cause some disruption there. I talked to him after practice about Coach Scanina's famous volleyball drill. That's something we saw last year uh, during the training camp when Jeff Scanina was still the assistant defensive line coach. Uh, had the guys up on the sleds and on the pads, and he would throw up a volleyball like it was a pass coming on. They'd have to jump up and and spike it down. And I, you know, I asked him about that. He got really excited about it. I said, "No, you know, we haven't got a, gotten a chance to do that yet." But you know, when when that time comes, he feels like he's going to be uh, really good at it. And I, I feel like that's going to be something he's going to uh, excel in for sure. And then our final, last, but definitely, definitely not least, wide receiver Jadik his bonds, uh, the wide receiver undrafted out of Hampton University, due to six four, two hundred pounds. Might be a little bit smaller than Cam Sims, right? But that's kind of what you see when you see him on the field is a little bit smaller, a little bit more athletic even maybe version of Cam Sims. And we talked about earlier uh, on this very program about the need for Washington to kind of find that Cam Sims replacement. We know Marcus Kemp was brought over from the Kansas City Chiefs. Jalen Sample is another receiver, uh, UDFA guy that was kind of uh, is, is a little bit longer, a little bit taller type of guy. So certainly uh, Jadakiss Bond's making a name for himself. Wouldn't be surprised to see him. Uh, sticking around for OTAs uh, and all those things. For for those who don't know him, Jadakis Bonds, 40 games played in his college career for Hampton University, 180 career receptions, 2,731 yards, 34 touchdowns, had 10 touchdowns or more in both 2019 and 2022, 700 yards or more in three of his college, four college seasons, and 49 or more receptions in three of his four seasons. And before we wrap that up, honorable mention to Bowie State quarterback DJ Galat and Minnesota, at least I, I hope that's how you spell pronounce his name, and Minnesota State wide receiver Jalen Sample. Uh, these two connected on a perfectly placed deep ball and a great catch by Sample with two DBs in the area on the final play of practice was a really good play uh, to end the day. And certainly the crowd that was in attendance, the fans that got to attend uh, appreciated that. The teammates all appreciated it as well. So shout out to those guys as well. Uh, three three top guys, and then, of course, that final play. That was a really good play there to, to, to end the practice. All of these players, of course, are hoping to get Washington in the win column a little bit more in 2023 than they have in the past, and I'm going to drop my too-soon regular season record projection, but I'm adding a little additional perspective to how the season might go at the end of it, so make sure you stay tuned through the end of that, and that's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You know, I'm taking my victory lap after the Denver Nuggets sent the Phoenix Suns on an early vacation and I'm taking them on the money line as well to beat the Lakers in game one of the Western Conference Finals as five and a half point favorites currently. I'm not taking the points. I'm not taking the five and a half points uh, on there. I will take the Nuggets on the money line. Kind of want to see how they match up against LeBron, AD, and, and those Lakers. Uh, but there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. And with the NBA draft lottery coming up and the NBA draft coming up, don't miss out on your opportunity. I'm sure there's going to be some Wizards-related or some just NBA-related prop bets coming up as well. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again for being a lot on Commanders, your first listen or your first view today and every day. Every dares, we've got another mailbag episode, live Tuesday mailbags coming up this week. So make sure you drop your questions in the live chat or the comment section, and we will get as many as we can in on Tuesday. You can also email or subtexters. You always know you can text me those questions and you guys get priority. Uh, if you want to join in on the subtexting fun, that's always a good time uh, and many more fun times to come as OTAs, training camp and uh, the regular season gets underway. Right now, I'm going to make my too soon regular season record projection here and a little bit of an additional layer of analysis at the end of it as well. But to start things off, we're going to start with our divisional and our primetime games. And of course, that means we're looking at week four at Philadelphia, week five at home against the Chicago Bears, week seven in New York against the Giants, week eight versus the Eagles at home, week 11 versus the Giants at home, week 12 on Thanksgiving in Dallas, and week 18 against the Dallas Cowboys starting week four at the Philadelphia Eagles. They do have the Washington commanders losing this game. The Philadelphia Eagles, a little update on them. They've lost safety Marcus Epps this offseason to the Las Vegas Raiders guard Isaac Siamalu uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers and linebacker TJ Edwards to the Chicago Bears. Those are their top three snap players, snap getters, whatever you want to call it, rep getters uh, from the last season that were lost in free agency, but they also gained Linebacker Nicholas Morrow out of Chicago, safety Terrell Edmonds from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and quarterback Marcus Mariota from the Atlanta Falcons. Now in the draft, in their top three rounds, they got defensive tackle Jalen Carter, edge Nolan Smith, offensive tackle Tyler Steen, and defensive back Sidney Brown. So Philadelphia Eagles, look, I know the Washington Commanders defeated them last year in Philly in primetime. It was a big win uh, and, you know, kind of wrote the blueprint on control the ball, you know, punch them in the mouth do all of these things. But I think the, the Philadelphia Eagles have done a really good job of addressing their defense, filling the holes that they had open up. And I also look at that defensive front, and I just think it's only gotten better. Not sure that the Washington Commanders are going to be able to do that again. And truthfully, I think the Eagles are just kind of the team to beat until uh, they're just not the team to beat anymore. And right now, I still look at them as probably the top team in the NFC. Now, the next game, not a divisional game, but a primetime game, week five at home against the Chicago Bears. They lost Nicholas Murrow. Morrow, their linebacker to the Philadelphia Eagles center. Sam Mustafer is no longer on the team, but he's still an unrestricted free agent and running back. David Montgomery was lost to the Detroit Lions. However, they gained wide receiver DJ Moore from the Carolina Panthers linebacker Tremaine Edmonds from the Buffalo Bills and guard Nate Davis from the Tennessee Titans. Their top draft picks tackle Darnell Wright, defensive tackle Javon Dexter, cornerback Tyreek Stevenson and defensive tackle Zach Pickens out of South Carolina. I do have the Washington Bears defeating the Chicago Bears. I like what the Bears have done this offseason. I think they've improved their team, but I still have the Commanders coming away with that home victory. Week 7 at the New York Giants. The Giants lost Julian Love. The safety of the Seahawks cornerback Fabian Moreau is still a free agent, and linebacker Jalen Smith also still a free agent. But They gained safety Bobby McCain from the Washington Commanders, linebacker Bobby Okarike from the Indianapolis Colts, and wide receiver Paris Campbell also from the Colts quarterback, Deontay Banks, center John Michael Schmitz, and wide receiver Jalen Hyatt 
their top NFL draft picks. Uh, playing on the road in the division is always tough. I've got the Giants coming away with that home victory against Commanders. Unfortunately, week eight in Washington, uh, this is where I think maybe the Washington Commanders can get that angle over the Philadelphia Eagles. Eric Bieniemy will have more experience against this team with his guys, be able to retool and reassess and adjust the game plan uh, to better attack them, and they'll be in front of the FedEx crowd. Week 11 at home against the New York Giants, essentially kind of the same theology there is that second time around. It's really hard for the team that won the first game to win the second game. That's going to be a theme here. Week 12 at the Dallas Cowboys for Thanksgiving. This is the first matchup between these two teams in this season. The Cowboys this offseason lost guard Connor McGovern to the Buffalo Bills. Noah Brown, the wide receiver to the Houston Texans, and tight end Dalton Schultz uh, also left in free agency. And they gained cornerback Stephon Gilmore from the Colts, wide receiver Brandon Cooks from the Texans, and long snacker Trent Seed from the Las Vegas Raiders. So not a whole lot of gain there. Again, those are your top three snap getters from last season that they are gaining or losing. So when long snapper or backup quarterback is one of those, you can see that the team really hasn't added a whole lot. But in the draft, the Cowboys did get defensive tackle Mazzy Smith, tight end Luke Schoonmaker, so two Michigan Wolverines there, and linebacker Demarion Demarvion. Overshown to join uh, their defense in Dallas. Uh, Thanksgiving, it's a short week. You got to travel. It's a, a very tough, tough environment. So if both rosters are completely healthy, I do think the Dallas Cowboys probably eke out that win. But again, hard to do it twice, especially when you've got smart coaches. So you give Eric Bieniemy and Jack Del Rio a second crack at this in week 18. And I think that they uh, they get the win at home against the Dallas Cowboys. That makes the Washington Commanders four and three in divisional and primetime games. But now we flip over to non-divisional and non-primetime games. And we start with week one against the Arizona Cardinals, who lost Marcus Golden, who's a free agent, Zach Allen, Byron Murphy uh, this offseason, added Dennis Daly, Kazir White, and Elijah Wilkinson to their roster, drafted Paris Johnson Jr., BJ Ojolari, and Nickelback Garrett Williams. I think the Washington Commanders come out with a win here. The Denver Broncos are also a team that's kind of just reeling, and who knows what's going to happen there with Russell Wilson and yet another coaching staff. I don't think two weeks into the NFL season is enough time for them to get rolling if they do get rolling. So I think we see the Washington Commanders come away with a win there. The Buffalo Bills, one of the best teams in the AFC. I know they have some issues. I know they have some shortcomings, especially in the postseason, but I still think they're one of the better teams, and even though this game is in FedEx, I do expect uh, the Buffalo Bills to come away with the win here, and I think a lot of other people will uh, as well. Week six, we go to Georgia. We go to Atlanta Falcons, uh, and right now their top snap-getting free agent, linebacker Rashawn Evans, is still a free agent. Perhaps we could see him uh, return there. That will be a big return for them, uh, but as of right now, he's probably their biggest loss, but they gained safety Jesse Bates from the Cincinnati Bengals. That's a huge get. For that Atlanta Falcons defense drafted running back Bijan Robinson, a new offensive tackle, Matt Bergeron. So I think the Falcons are a much improved roster around the quarterback, but I still think the quarterback play is going to be a little suspect. And Washington gets the win there. Now looking at week nine, New England Patriots, they added, they lost some wide receivers. They gained a wide receiver and a tight end, and then they drafted mostly defense. I don't know if they have the firepower to really threaten a whole lot of people this year. I think they're more looking for a long-term build two or three years down the road. So I think Washington gets the win in Massachusetts. Week 10 Seattle Seahawks playoff team last year. Geno Smith, you know, comeback player of the year. They drafted a lot of good players, skill position players. I think the Seattle Seahawks probably take care of business against Washington on the West Coast. If this is at home, 
might be a little bit different. Week 13 against the Miami Dolphins. Look, they gained cornerback Jalen Ramsey from uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Deshaun Elliott, the safety from the Lions, and linebacker David Long, the same David Long that essentially ended any hope that Carson Wentz was going to become uh, a legit starter for the Washington Commanders, I think, of formerly of the uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, they also added cornerback Cam Smith out of South Carolina in the NFL draft and running back Devon A. Shane uh, out of Texas A&M. So a lot of a lot of speed, a lot of skill added to an already fast uh, and talented roster there in Miami. I think Miami gets the win there. Week 14 is a bye, so we all win. Week 15 in Los Angeles. Los Angeles lost Bobby Wagner. They lost Jalen Ramsey. They lost Nick Scott. They lost four total players on their defense alone that played 89% of the defensive snaps or more last season. That's huge. Their biggest additions, quarterback Brett Rippon, who played 15% of snaps for the Denver Broncos last year, and tight end Hunter Long from the Miami Dolphins. That's literally it. They haven't even added three free agents this offseason, and their biggest draft picks in the trenches, guard Steve Avila, edge Byron Young out of Tennessee, defensive tackle Kobe Turner. I think the Rams are in, in the running for a very rough season uh, here coming up, so I think I'm giving Washington the win there. Week 16 in New York against the Jets. Aaron Rodgers and his team has a whole season essentially to get things on the right page. I think if the paper team works out on the field, then the New York Jets get this win. And then week 17 against the San Francisco 49ers. By this time, you know, Brock Purdy returns is probably healthy again. And I think the Niners probably take care of business there in week 17 against the Washington Commanders, sending their non-divisional and primetime record to five and five. So a 500 record outside the division, outside of primetime. But we aren't done. There are some swing games here on this schedule that I think could really go either way, and that's going to lead to one of three different regular season records. Those three options coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, there's a there's an additional layer to this whole regular season projection uh, thing, and I'm calling it a projection, not a prediction, just because we have a lot of information that we still don't have and we need to gather uh, and all those things. So I'm calling it a projection for now. But even even with a projection or a prediction, we've got what I call swing games. Right, these are games that could really go either way, and I mean not in the way that every NFL game game can kind of go either way, because you know any given Sunday and any given Monday or Thursday or Saturday late in the season. All of those things certainly stand true, but I think there are specific games on this schedule that really stand out as swing games. And for me, those th- those those swing games are all three NFC East games. Honestly, even with the Philadelphia Eagles as good as they are, the NFC East is a tough division. They all battle each other very, very tough. So I can see all of those games going one way or another based off of the bounce of the ball, a penalty or a blown call uh, here or there. So really all three of those games all you know, all well, six of those games really, and then also the Bears game, which I have as a win right now for the Washington Commanders. Like I said, Chicago has made some really solid adjustments and additions to their roster this offseason. I think if they can gel and they can get going, they might surprise some people. I'm not saying they're going to be the best in the NFC North or anything like that, but they might be a very formidable team uh, by the time the Washington Commanders bring them in for Thursday night football. 
The Seahawks are another team. I think with Geno, you know, what he did last year was really good, but now everybody's got that tape on him. Everybody kind of sees him coming, right? Like, every, you know, they may not be writing him off anymore. They're going to be game planning against him. So it's going to be interesting to see how Geno adjusts to defenses really coming in with the game plan against them. Plus his quarterback coach from last year and really the entire time he's been in Seattle left this offseason uh, to go be the offensive coordinator of Tampa. So we'll see if that has any major impact. And don't forget, the Seahawks were a 500 team in December on like from december on the seattle seahawks were a 500 team last year so this is not a team that's necessarily punching down the doors uh, of the nfl already all right so certainly a game that i have right now as a loss for the washington Commanders, but could certainly be a win the dolphins game the key here if you're facing the miami dolphins offense is keeping jalen waddle and keeping tyreek hill in front of you in front of the deepest defender and of course the health of tua tonga is going to be key. This is a late season game. So if Tua Tagovailoa is not healthy, and that kind of changes things uh, just a little bit. Now Miami, I think they've done some things to make their short and intermediate game better, to make you try to defend all three, you know, I call them four levels of the offense. Uh, but still, at the, at the end of the day, the key is making the Dolphins put together long drives because usually if you do that, you're going to have an opportunity to take advantage of a mistake. And then the New York Jets, you know, I think a lot of people are going to write off the commanders in this game, but We've seen quarterbacks and we've seen star quarterbacks and new coaching staffs not click and not get along before. Hello, Russell Wilson in Denver and head coach Robert Sala is a defensive coach, right? So what happens if Robert Sala decides he's going to go more defensive? He's going to rely more on the run game. He's not going to let Aaron Rodgers throw the ball all over the field like he wants to. How long does Aaron Rodgers deal with that type of thing before uh, he starts to get a little upset? So Again, all the NFC East division games, uh, I think, are certainly swing games, but also these other four games, three or four games I've identified are also uh, swing games as well. So because of those swing games, right, so the projected 2023 regular season record is nine and eight. That's not much better than we've seen the commanders do in recent years. And yes, it certainly probably means that Ron Rivera is looking for a new job and this team is looking for a new head coach uh, next season. Their divisional record, three and three. Non-division NFC record four and two, AFC record two and three, home record five and three, and road record four and five. But when you take into account these swing games, your best case scenario is you sweep sweep the NFC East, you beat the Seahawks, Dolphins, and Jets, still beat the Bears, and you go fifteen and two. That's best case. Again, best case, not necessarily realistic. Worst case is you get swept by the NFC East and you lose against the Bears and you also lose against the Seahawks, Dolphins, and Jets. That sends you to five and twelve. You're probably looking at like a number four overall pick in the NFL draft. And not only is your coach probably on the way out, but your starting quarterback's probably on the way out uh, as well. Most likely, if you average the two 20 wins between the two scenarios, that gives you a 10 win, most likely average uh, in, in there for the Washington Commanders. And with my win loss projection of nine wins, it kind of uh, seems to fit just a little bit. So, again, it's a projection. It's not a full prediction. We haven't even seen the veterans blending with the rookies yet, but we have seen. Uh, some really good rookies. Again, we started off the show with three players that came away as really impressive during the rookie mini camp. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes, your first round pick, KJ Henry, your fifth round defensive end, and then Jada Kiss Bond, your undrafted receiver that I certainly hope to get more time uh, to cover uh, here in the in the coming weeks, especially with OTAs coming up. And we'll have plenty more conversation about the state of this team. And yes, we will do another record regular season game prediction. As we get closer, once we're into the preseason, we actually get to see this team really start to gel together and see what it looks like under Sam Howell. And with these rookie additions, it's going to be a lot of fun seeing how this team takes shape. So 
calling this a projection more than a prediction later on. We will get into a prediction, but if you have something to say about what I've just said, or if you have a prediction or a projection of your own, however you want to get the semantics of it, uh, definitely make sure you share it to me. But in the meantime, I want to thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or review every single day. For the everydayers, again, we've got a Tuesday afternoon live mailbag coming, 11 a.m. Eastern time on Tuesday. So get your questions in. If you haven't already dropped them in the live chat, drop them in the comments on this episode or send them in via email, lockedoncommanders at gmail.com, on Twitter at dharrison82, in the YouTube comments, like I said, or text me anytime. Questions, comments, show ideas, smoker recipes, whatever you got. I just smoked a couple of racks of ribs this weekend. Uh, came out really well. 202-760-2644 via subtext at the first two weeks for free and join all the fun going on over there. Signing off for today, I'm David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders. More importantly, hanging out with you five days a week till we speak again. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you right back here next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.